0: Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dita Randolph. And I am Jenny Randolph. And this is week two of our series called Nothing Changes. If Nothing Changes. If Nothing Changes. And the idea is right there in the name. I think that so often we want change, but then when change happens, we don't know what to do. About. We're like,
1: what the heck happened? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why'd all this change? Yeah, that I wanted, mm-hmm. you know. Or um, people spend a lot of time trying to avoid change, which is not avoidable change is part of it look at your life history and so it's really important And i'm glad we have this opportunity to talk a little bit about this fact of life because i think that a lot of churches self-help things healing modalities whatever you want to call them spend a lot of time trying to tell you that if you do these things right you're going to be in charge of everything and nothing's ever going to change. And and I've never experienced that to be true. Jesus certainly didn't say nothing's going to change. And so I think that this has to do with finding a way to get on top of that, be part of the, the force of change in your life. And so I'm really grateful for this opportunity to talk. I think the workshop went pretty well. uh, Last time around, I certainly got a lot of really good feedback, really good questions and comments, and I invite you to keep them coming. As always, I want to remind everybody watching to get out a pen and paper, something to write with, Mm -hmm. be ready with your questions. And as always, I want to remind you that Jenny and I are watching this broadcast. As you know, we pre-record this. So we're right there with uh, our ability to answer any comments that come up so we're as interactive as we know how to right. be. Right. So thank you in advance for all the people who say good morning to each other in the yeah. chat. Does my heart good to see. I love this little community that we have. And with that in mind, let's get started with our opening prayer. God is, God is and I, I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is, right right now, there is freedom. freedom right Right here here and right now there is life life. this This is who i am i am am ready from from now on i speak speak the truth from From now now on i choose freedom from now on on, this is is my life life. the unstoppable love love of god prepares the way way. i I am am ready ready. and so it truly is Amen. amen amen so as we get started I wanted to talk about the idea that you pointed out, that I have been talking and thinking about, I mean, we all have, but it's been an obsession with me about how do we do this church thing virtually? How do we teach? And by the way, I really think that that's one of the main things that church ought to be doing. It ought to be teaching. If you go to church or a workshop or a TED Mm -hmm. talk or anything, and you don't feel like you learn anything, then... You just watched a weird monologue or something. It's
1: really interesting that we're talking about change in the context of church Mm -hmm. and learning and growing and all of that, because you and I have served in a lot of churches over the years. Millions. (laughs) Millions. Millions and millions served. (laughs) Um, We have served in a lot of churches, and the one thing guaranteed to upset anybody in the church, somebody in the church is if you change a wall color, you change the order of service, you change the traditional hymn, you change a prayer, you do anything. And boy, you are going to hear about it in all kinds of ways, you know, when you're making change. And Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about making church a place that you change and grow, I just want y'all to keep that in mind. If And when we go back to in-person services, I want you to keep in mind that if things change, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. you know,
0: it's that's a really good point. And as we have said many times, think about the fact that back in the day, you know, when Jesus did church, when Paul and the early leaders did church, it was in people's houses. It was in a field. It was like 12 people in somebody's living room. It was at a diner, so to speak. You know, I mean, it was... That kind of an environment, it wasn't a formalized place. Partly because they were underground, you know, trying to hide from the authorities sometimes. And partly because it just didn't matter. Church should be where you are because God is where you are. Now, we've talked about Mm -hmm. that idea, but
1: let's think for
0: a moment about the way that we've gone from this really loosey-goosey, it ought to apply to all areas of life, wherever you happen to be, to this very, very rigid structure where only certain times right. of the day, only certain people are allowed in. So much so that just as you said, if you paint a wall in the church, oh, you'll lose some people. Yeah, you really, will. it happen. I've seen it happen yep. growing up in church. I remember I did a, a, what I thought was a really good service. I was just really, you know, it, obviously it's not about me. It's about the message, but you have to be as clear a channel of the message as you can be. And there was this one Sunday where I just really felt like, man, I'm in the zone and it really feels like I'm being true to what the version of this I have in my heart is actually coming out in my words. And it just feels like, okay, hit one out of the park. Doesn't always happen. And so I felt really good about it. And then after the service, there was a time to sort of greet everybody and hug and handshake and people sort of check in with you and that kind of thing. And this was at a church I was at a, a long time ago. And, uh, 90% of the comments I got were about the fact that I had just shaved off my mustache. Yeah. And it was just like... (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's okay. I'm not here to judge that. People got to say what they got to say and they experience what they have to experience.
1: Well, I remember one time we had a volunteer who would come and paint um, different places in the church. And it was kind of my job to kind of organize and run and make Mm -hmm. sure things were were okay and he ended up and he did not want to paint this one color and we kind of went back and forth and i was the uh, painter guy yeah Yeah. and and he was a volunteer so you know he's volunteering his time but i get to pick the color i mean i mean (laughs) i'm sorry that's my you know that's what i get to do that's what you're there to do that's what yeah exactly and he went to the senior minister and he asked he, he said i remember he goes is Dieter a drinking man?
0: Because he ought to be, and, and yeah, and
1: yeah, and and she said, no, I don't think so. And he said, well, he ought to be, because obviously Cause I was a, a pain. I was, I was trouble. trouble. I was trouble. But anyway, my point with bringing up the idea that we're doing this virtually, that we're teaching it, it just popped into my head this week as we were talking about change and everything. Maybe it's because we are Gen X kids. We're the First generation of latchkey kids and all that kind of stuff. But some of the most awesome teachers that I have had in my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: taught me virtually.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Mr. Was-
1: Rogers never had a place, and I've learned some amazing lessons from him. Bob Ross. I mean, Carl you know. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan. You know, uh, absolutely. So many um, Bill
0: Moyers. So many well, people. Well, I mean, over and over Burton, Reading yeah. Rainbow. Yeah. I mean,
1: um, and on and even, on and even, on. Even Sesame Street. But yeah. so any, anyway, some of the um, and now Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I'm still learning so much virtually. So I think we're we're really hard on ourselves um, a lot of the times to try to go, OK, how can we be innovative and how can we do this? And and I think really it needs to just be about the message and when you're pure of heart, even, even Steve Irwin for, for crying crocodile out loud, hunter. Yeah, you know, crocodile heart. hunter, bless yeah. his heart, you know, I mean, taught us about conservation, taught us about
0: all kinds of stuff. Well, and I think that, I think that it's a really interesting, and this is, this is about you. This isn't just about church business. There's an educational moment here for everybody watching, but, and and we'll, we'll make that clear in just a moment, but. I find that just as we've been saying, I was tying myself up in knots going, how do we make this video church thing, internet church, Mm -hmm. live stream thing, feel like it used to feel? And the answer is you can't can't. and you're not (laughs) supposed to. But there's an interesting thing that happens. And here's part of the point. I think that I'm not alone. I think there's a lot of ministers that get into the feedback loop of reinforcing the wrong behavior. And I can, I, I'm sure that I have been guilty of that too.
1: Well, I mean, nobody's the, perfect and, well, and 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 everybody gets into that rut. Except of Mr. Just, Rogers. Well, yeah, yeah, Mr. Rogers is
0: perfect. Hey, I'm perfect. wearing a cardigan today and I didn't even I didn't <laughs> you even, didn't do that even know it. <laughs> but but the, what I'm trying to say is it's really easy to go, okay, I know that the teachings should be applicable to all situations, We know that we're bigger and more important than our outer situation. It's the inner truth. should be reflected and radiated through wherever we happen to be. Mm -hmm. You know that. And I think that that's not even particular to our faith claim. I think most, if not all churches would say the same thing. Churches, temples, synagogues, whatever you want to call them would all say, no, of course, it's not about the building materials. It's nice. But our relationship with the transcendent is bigger than that. It's, It's pretty much a universal concept. But it's so easy to go from there to the thing that I and a lot of other ministers have been wrestling with, which is how do I shield my people against change? Mm-hmm. which when you think about it is a 180 from what we ought to be thinking about. Right. I should be saying, how do I get you to deal with change? And well, how face do I get it? you ready?
1: Right. How do I prepare you? How do I just, how do I give you the tools necessary in order to face these changes? Because we can, you know, we can sort of be, you know, put on our rose colored glasses and be, you know, Pollyannas and say, oh, everything's great and everything's wonderful and everything's, oh, isn't everything's in divine order. And I love that. But it is a pet peeve of mine to use the term divine order. And you talked about it last week
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to use that as sort of a, a dismissal.
0: Sometimes it, people say divine order when what they really mean is tough. tough.
1: And yeah, And that's exactly. not the same and that's thing. Not, and that, so so I, I really see our job as how can we give people tools and opportunity to meet the hardships that are going to come. Uh, you know, you will experience death. You will experience grief. You will experience joy and, and change and happiness. And, and even within our family, the last few years, you know, kids moving out, um, buying houses, doing this, everything. And, and just those adult relationships Mm -hmm. changing. I'm so grateful for it, but, but it does, it does happen. So I really do envision our job as how can we get to the root of what is going on well, in order to give those tools.
0: And that's the thing. I, I'm talking I think, a lot
1: with my hands today. You know I'm intense. You're
0: very Mediterranean today. Like <laughs> but the thing is, <laughs> as I said, I'm supposed to be gearing you up for change and for what it's worth, if I didn't do that, if I was shielding you from change, my heart was in the right place. And I bring that up because I think that there's not a whole lot of people watching this who are, ministers. But every single person watching this message has been in a situation where trying to do the right thing, you end up protecting people from what they ought to be facing. Right. I, I touched on that a little bit last time when I said no parent can grow for their child, for example. But I think that there's a really powerful lesson in going, wait a minute, think about the way that you care for people in your life. And there are loved ones and friends and ex-friends and ex-loved ones and children in your life and elders in your life. And there are people that you're trying to do for. But it might be that inadvertently you have gotten in the way of them facing the lesson, the change that they need to be facing. And so, you know, we'll talk more about that when we get to the interpersonal week. But just in this moment, just as you said... The object of the game here is to get to the root of what matters and to go back to Mr. Rogers, Carl Sagan, Bill Moyers, Bob Ross, all of these people who have taught you things virtually. Robert Shuler, for Pete's sake. I mean, you name it. Um, All these people who have taught you things virtually. You learned a thing and you shared a thing. And of course, it's not the same as being in the room with people, but it doesn't need to always, does it? You still learned a thing. Mm-hmm. and that's at the root of it. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, Mr. Rogers is able to transmit the root of what's important to you, even though you're not in the room. And in a very real way, you feel loved and acknowledged and hugged. I you did. know, on Romper Room, when when Miss whatever, I can't remember her name, could see you in the mirror and you'd hear your name. Boy, I'm dating myself there. But there's that moment of connection. It doesn't have to be. In the same room.
1: You probably never heard your name. No. I heard my name all the time because I, I, I Jenny get, is a very calm. Jennifer, I can't even get Jennifer my name Jenny, right on a Starbucks you know? cup. I'd be like, oh, she's a my
0: name. Yeah. It she doesn't happen a lot for, for years, <laughs> truly. But the point is, in the same way, I'm not suggesting that your job with other people or your job with yourself or your job with your life is to just say tough luck. Mm-hmm. I am saying that your job is to get to the root of what's important To get to the place that doesn't change. It doesn't change that it is appropriate to see everyone as worthy of love just like Mr. Rogers did. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if he's doing it from, from a TV studio far away. Right, Shouldn't matter. Does it matter to you that you can't do the things you want to do because of the quarantine? Yeah, it stinks, but you know what? Can you still love somebody or is it impossible to love unless there's a very specific set of circumstances? Can it only be church for you if the wall is the right color? Believe it or not, there are people who would say, oh, it can only be church for me in this building on this day of the week. And those people are getting a very limited experience of the divine. And you don't want that for yourself. Maybe that's why you're watching this weird thing on YouTube. Yeah. But here we are. And no, of course, I wouldn't have chosen this. But you know what? There are so many things in life that I wouldn't have chosen that are the most wonderful things in my life. And I bet you can say the same. I mean, think about it. So much of what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks is the difficulty, but the vitality of getting your ego out of the way. Of getting to the mode where this is not about presenting God with a a shopping list, but about learning how to be receptive. And once again, what are you rooted in? And that moment of rooting... Is one of the things I talked about last time is that that is what is the difference in a story between a hero and a bad guy. The bad guys are rooted in stuff that that changes. I need everyone to like me. I need to control all the money. I need to have my Death Star. You know, I mean, it's it's a Star Wars thing, but it's it's in a lot of movies. The bad guy is the one that wants to take over the world, right? The good guy. Think about James Bond, big hero of mine growing up. Think about James Bond. Here's someone who, I mean, invariably, in all of the movies, and all of the books, he gets a tar beaten out of him. He is in uncomfortable situations. He's tied to some kind of death machine and escapes at the last minute. Every one of those movies. He's not in charge of the outer situation. Things are changing all around him all the time. And yet he's rooted in something that doesn't change. He trusts that he's got this mission. He's trying to save the world, right? For queen and country and all that. He also trusts, so there's this big outer thing, Mm -hmm. the mission, but he also trusts something in him. He's got cool gadgets. And more than that, he's got training. He knows he's tough enough. So he's got this outer trust and he's got this inner trust that allow him to be rooted in something that doesn't change. Now that might seem like a funny example, but think about it.
1: Well, but you also have the other type of hero, and the things that come to mind are things like, um, Lebowski and the Big Lebowski, <laughs> and and for, yeah. and Forrest Gump. Yeah, where Very they similar have in a lot of ways. Yeah, and what we refer to that is they have a lot of aloha. We say that's a saying in our house that you know when we see somebody who is just really good at surfing life and and kind of accepting change, they have aloha. Uh, and, aloha and
0: is the, that quality of being okay with whatever, whatever goes comes on. Whatever comes along. Being kind of chill with whatever right. goes on. You, where's your aloha? We're, and that's yeah, actually exactly. something, I know it sounds silly, but it's a good way to remind each other. Mm-hmm. We have found and that we, and we you do. don't have to freak out about everything. Yeah. You know what? The plane is late getting in and you might miss the connecting flight. Where's your aloha?
1: It's like, all right.
0: You, you know? know?
1: Venture so, happens when the wheels come off, exactly.
0: right? So, but Yeah. Um, so, Jeffrey Lebowski. but, the but movie, anyway, the there's Lebowski, that yeah, there's that Forrest other Gump, there's that
1: other hero that just the Pooh, yeah, you know? that just sort of goes along and trusts that everything is just going to work out, and they're kind of and I think it's the 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 difference maybe between um, discernment and 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 blind faith. You maybe know? so. I, I think so. But they still, they're still there's they all of the heroes still have faith, right? Whether that's the whether thing. they whether they realize it or not. Um, whether your aloha is rooted in the fact like James Bond, where you you trust your knowledge, you trust your mission, you trust, you know, you know that it's going to, your faith is in yourself and in the bigger circumstances, or you're Forrest Gumping it, and and you're just like, okay, well, this you're is, a you know, this on the is, wind. I'm just going to go wherever I'm going to go. Yeah, either way, either way, the
0: word is trust, right? Right. Jeffrey Lebowski in the movie, The Big Lebowski, which I, I don't know if I feel good about necessarily recommending as a minister, well, but it's one of my favorite movies. So but you as take a friend, as we're going like. to
1: recommend it as
0: a friend. <laughs> but the point <laughs> of that movie is that that he is completely at ease with the fact that the world around him is, is in chaos, is completely out of his control, yeah. completely. He has no foothold in that, and yet he has high aloha, yeah, high ad- ability to adapt to change and all that, because he is really at peace with the idea that, you know what, on Saturday there's going to be a bowling tournament. Right. You know, it's things happen, and I'm going to be me, and so it's okay. Yeah. And there's a moment in uh, The Big Lebowski, he's a, he's a bowler. It's not really a very important part of the story, although a lot of parts of the movie take place in the bowling alley. There's this wonderful scene where he's laying on the floor and terrible things have been happening throughout the movie. Really weird, terrible things out of his control. And he's laying on the floor in his house. And he's got a Walkman on and he's just listening to the recording of people bowling strikes. Yeah. That's it. He's not, it's not a self-help tape. It's not anything else. It's just the sound of a strike. And that's faith, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's such a beauty there. I want you to think about finding your version of that, because even if it feels like every part of life is out of your control, the truth is it is. That's not your job. Yeah. I don't know what self-help book idea people are reading where they think they're supposed to be in charge of their lives. But that is the, the highway to low self-esteem, for one thing, because you're never going to be able to do it. You set an impossible goal for yourself. It's the, it's the highway to feeling stressed out all the time, to not sleeping at night, to all of these terrible things, to upsetting people around you because you, you've chosen the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That's like deciding that, that I'm in charge of what phase the moon is in. Well, good luck. You know, it doesn't work that way. And you can frustrate yourself or you can just go, what does it sound like when things work out? Mm-hmm. And that perfect, pure faith that I'm not a smart man, but I know what I know love, what love is. is. Yeah. Or when you, you hit the ball right and hit the pins at the right angle, you're going to knock them down. Physics, you know, just that pure moment of faith. And so I'm here to ask you, what do you trust, which is the other way of saying what are you rooted in? Where is your faith? Right. You know, and Jesus talks about building your your house on shifting sands versus building on solid ground. He talks about the idea that on this rock I will build my church. And you know cuz you know your Bible, you know that he's not talking about a physical rock. He's talking about the disciple Peter who represents faith. In other words, on my faith, I build all of this. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation. So ask yourself, what do you trust? It might be that at the beginning of all of this, it's a very small list. But just like Jeffrey Lebowski, just like James Bond, there are things you can trust that are bigger than yourself. And there are things that you can trust that are very, very intimate. And the example that, that we, we gave last time around was, look at the fact that no matter what kind of successes and heartache you've experienced in your life, you're still you. That means that you are living proof that there's something in you you can trust. You may not be able to articulate that. I don't know what it is that has survived the onslaught of the years, but here I am.
1: Well, and I think it's okay to allow those experiences to break you wide open. Yeah. I really do. Be be extremely joyful. Feel, really feel the grief if you need to feel the grief. Why put limits on how this is going to be? You know what I I mean? It's like, why why not be the extreme in those situations?
0: I think that, no, I totally agree. And I think that the weird archetype that people have swallowed for a very long time is, A, like we talked about, I'm in control of everything. And also, I am a rock and no one can ever detect any emotions coming out of me. Right. Somewhere along the line, somebody thought that that was the model mm-hmm. and those are impossible things and they don't lead to happiness. Quite the opposite. Let us be the kind of people who don't try to control everything, who rather are in touch with what is in control. And let us be the kind of people who can display emotion, who can feel what's going on. The thing is that, and I've said this so many times you're not here to think through life. You're here to feel your way through life. And part of that means really feeling the things that are going on. And like I said last week, we want to be the kind of people who have aloha, who can say, thank you, God, for everything that happens. But I recognize that that's a tall order. It is. You go to the doctor and they give you some news you don't want to hear. It would be nice if you could go, thank you, God. But most yeah, people, that, that's I'm hard. not there,
1: and I, you know, and, it, and that's, that's a hard I thing. I have my
0: moments, but not always. Mm-hmm. I have some times, you know. And sometimes so, it
1: takes a minute to get so there. So
0: what I'm, what I suggested last week, and I want to double down on right now is it will help you get to a place of aloha rootedness in faith. Mm-hmm. If you can just say okay, yeah, start there. Now we can grow from okay into something like, I am ready, like I talked about in the workshop, and from there, okay, I am ready into thank you, but it might take a long time to get there, but just instead of going, man, or some swear word that I don't feel comfortable saying on YouTube, get to the place where you just go,
1: okay. Well, I think if we had like homework for this time around, you know, for the overarching theme, it would be try to recognize change you know we use movies a lot yeah you know try to recognize the characters in the books that you're reading and the movies that you're watching how they deal with change and and where and, they and, put their trust and where they put their trust and i think when you they start all have it to exercise that muscle you're gonna start being able to not only see it in other people but also start to recognize that in yourself we can even look and and one of the reasons that we came up with this um theme for the month of September is because uh, I was looking back through Bible stories mm-hmm. and I really realized that there are so many Bible stories of how people deal with change. Yes. Some of them yes. deal with change really well, and some of them deal with change really horribly. And the
0: people who deal with change really well tend to be the good guys in the story. Exactly. They tend to be the moral well, example. Well, not
1: even not even good or bad, but but um well, well obvious one, Jonah. He does not, oh, yeah. he does not want to go. He does not, he doesn't want to deal with the change. He doesn't want to do. Oh, read the book of
0: Jonah. It's really short. It's
1: very short. It's a, and, and most of you probably already kind of know the story, but go back and actually read the words and, and see what goes on because I think it's kind of gotten watered down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the children's version
0: yeah. of it, but and it's, I have done, I can't even remember. This was a long time ago. I did a whole Sunday lesson based on. The, the ins and outs of that story. And there's a lot, there's so much meat or tofu uh, yeah. <laughs> in that story. But uh anyway, the key the, to it, yeah. The
1: point is, is that we get to experience his resistance to what he must do, the change, what he is being called to do. And, and... It's so interesting the way that it happens. And it's really interesting once he sort of acquiesces into the idea of like, okay. Because most people stop at, okay, he gets spit out from the whale and he, he you know. and He doesn't
0: want to go to a town God tells him to go to. Right. And then he tries to get away. He goes in the opposite direction. The, the It becomes the sailor, impossible yep, for the him the to go to The sailors throw him way.
1: overboard. He gets, he, he he gets, gets eaten, eaten by, by the fish.
0: fish. And he gets spit out on right. the shores of the town he was supposed to go and to in the And most people first
1: place. stop it right there.
0: And the truth and is... The real... In life, God has wanted you to go to a place and you might fight that, but you're going to end up you're there. You're going to end up there anyway. And most people yeah. get to the shore of that place and they give up on the story and they go, fine. Right. You know, or they fight it in different ways and they find new ways to be stubborn and to not learn and to not grow. And that's the equivalent of stopping the yeah, Jonah story exactly. on the shores of Nineveh.
1: Exactly. Go and read the rest of the story because it's, it's, it's very amazing. But you also see, you know... um, People like Moses um, who, who, you know, eventually got there, um, you know, but kind of, but the reason he wasn't able to go into the promised land is because he couldn't get there all the way. He got, he got, he got there halfway by saying, I'm doing it my way. But then you have heroes like Mary who just say, here I am, Lord. You know, there's there's
0: which is the the Mary equivalent of I am ready is here I am Lord and you compare Mary to like Herod Herod, the bad guy king who wants to kill the firstborn because he doesn't want change to happen right and here's Mary saying I'm good with change yeah hey. You Hit know me. what? Hit, no, me. No, no Hit room me with that in. change. Yeah. No room at the end. Okay. We'll okay. figure it out. You know? Because this is
1: going to happen one way or the other. So, yeah. okay. Mary here, we is go, here we Somewhere go.
0: on the spectrum between Jeffrey Lebowski and James Bond because she seems to have tremendous aloha. Right. But she's also a pretty tough cookie. Yeah, she is.
1: You know? Yeah, but it's
0: that sure. thing of being able to go, here I am, which mm-hmm. is another way of saying I am ready, which is another way of saying, okay. Which is another way of saying divine order. There's something beautiful about that. And one of the stories too is the story of job and there's a lot yeah, to job take in there beautiful. and we could do a whole thing about that. but so much of that has to do with I'm not getting what I expect. right And in job and in Jonah and also in a different way with the story of Mary, but in fact throughout but especially in Job and Jonah, there's a moment in those stories where God goes, you have no idea what's really going on here because it's not your job. What are you trying to do fitting all this in between your ears? You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And all of your troubles, in so many words, are rooted in your desire to try and dictate how the universe is going to go. And once you give that up and let God be God, you're going to be able to do the thing that you're here to do. Because that's the thing. I think we talk a lot about the problem of trying to do God's job. And it is a problem, I think, especially in new thought. And I want to talk about that mm-hmm. in coming weeks. The It's harder for us new thought people to get our egos out of the way and to get to a feeling place. I think if if we were fire and brimstone people, it'd be easier for us because they're already in a feeling place, right? We want to change some of those feelings, perhaps. But you know what I mean? For us overly cerebral people or whatever, we, we try to think it through and you can't well, and think it's, it through. And the thing so, is, is
1: it's, a, it's attractive because I can put it in a box. I can finish it. I can label it. And And hard stuff is messy.
0: It requires aloha. (laughs) Right.
1: Exactly. And there are just, there are some things in life that you can label and put in a box and, and, and have that feeling of accomplishment, but there's a whole heck of a lot that you can't.
0: Well, Um, and in fact, I actually, I talk, I talk a little bit about this in my book, Meaning Fulfilled. You thought you were going to get away with that, (laughs) a plug?
1: (laughs) We don't even have, we don't even have a copy here. I didn't plan to talk about this. I think we're going to let you you off the hook.
0: But there are, there's, one of the things I talk about in the book is that there's two kinds of problems. There's what they call mechanical problems, which is. The example I use in the book is you break your arm. Don't try this at home. But if you break your arm, they put a cast on your arm and then you wait and the healing process happens and then you can go right back to doing whatever Mm -hmm. you were doing before. Right. Mechanical problem like that.
1: I need a plumber. Like
0: fixing a sink. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's a mechanical problem. You deal with it and then you move on. You can go back to exactly the way you were. And -hmm. then there's what they call an adaptive problem. An adaptive problem is like learning how to quit smoking or how to be a better boyfriend or girlfriend or something like that. It requires you to invest... And change and grow in a different way. And the thing is, that beautiful, wonderful organ between your ears is really good at mechanical problems. Oh, yeah. But it's not there for adaptive problems. And when you think about it, the things that matter in your life, they're adaptive problems. Being a better person is not something you think through, you feel through. Right. Because you know, and we've talked about this too, there are so many times in your life when you knew better, but you did the thing anyway because you just wanted to. Right.
1: Or your gut was screaming at you, don't don't go in that dark room. Right. Don't go down in I'm that saying. basement. But and you're like, yeah, but what could then? Yeah. What could harm me down there? So what's what's going to happen? there's your proof and then, that your
0: brain's not good at adapting to there's, problems. there's
1: monsters down there it, and it doesn't then you mean, have a whole other
0: problem. <laughs> it doesn't mean that your brain is bad. Of course it's not. But it does mean that it should not have the pilot seat the way that you think. Right. And so this whole thing has to do with feeling from a different place. And so to get back to it, it is a problem to try and do God's job. But that's only half of the issue. The other issue is while you're trying to do God's job, you're also you're not, doing, not doing your job. Right. And that's the part of it that I don't think I talk about there's, enough. Well, Just there's... like Jonah, God's put you here to do something and you're not going to learn, you're not going to grow, you're not going to get to do the fun things and celebrate your prosperity and your healing and your miracle and on and on and on. Until you do the thing you're here to do, it's just like school. You can't graduate until you take the test.
1: There's an example that you give, and I and I think it was in one of your sermons long ago. Some one of the sermons they in the past. They all casket. kind of run together. Well, no, they don't. But but it's hard for me to pinpoint. You know, I've been hearing thirty years of your sermons, so just little, today, <laughs> give me give me a little, a little, little slack, <laughs> just a little slack. But no, this is something that I did take away. Um, from from one of your from one of your um, sermons, and it, you talk about if you had a job, and you can probably explain it better than I can. If you had a job, and you really wanted to get paid, so you walk down and you you go to the payroll department, and you're like, "Hey, you got that? You got my check for me?" And they're like, "No, don't have it yet." And then, but you check every single day, and and as a result, and like I'm butchering this, I
0: know no, I am, but good. whatever. You, you spent you all your <laughs> he time. No, oh, you're
1: good, but let me explain it. <laughs> No, I'm gonna let you take over. No, seriously, I know go ahead. I'm not.
0: <laughs> you spend all your time down in the payroll department trying to make sure your paycheck gets processed appropriately, but you spend so much time down there that you're not doing the thing you get right. hired to do. You're gonna end up. You're gonna up fired. And the point I try to make in that story is that you're not the payroll department. God, God is. is right. You're not in charge of manifestation no matter what you read in the secret no matter what law of attraction thing you came across you are not in charge of manifestation god is Mm -hmm. if you hold up a pen and you let it go you're not in charge of the fact that it hits the ground there's a gravitational force bigger than you that does that it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. God does that part. But to the degree that you try to place it on the ground in just the right place, you miss the point of letting the universe take over and do the thing that it's trying to do. Yeah, I, I love that example. You're not, you're not the payroll department. And in fact, once again, you're not doing the job you were put here to do. And that's really important. So,
1: But the other thing, too, is that if you're bothering the people down in payroll... There's going to be friction.
0: Yeah, you're going to get fired. Well,
1: you're going to get fired. You're going to tick a lot of people off. You're, you know,
0: I mean, there's all this stuff. And so. Because it it indicates that you don't trust them to do their job. Right. And that represents the opposite of faith, right? All of the heroes in our story have trust. They have faith in something bigger and yet more intimate than themselves. This is a recurring theme. And so again, ask Start yourself. Start to
1: recognize where are right, you where grounded? Where are you grounded? Where is that? And and look for these signs, and look for these stories, and and look for these examples in yourself, and in the people in your lives. And again, like I said before, books and stories, because yeah. it it is. We always say it's like a muscle, right? That you have to practice this stuff, and the Getting more you good practice at spotting it,
0: spotting grounding, grounding, right? Right. Be the kind of person who's like a bird watcher on the hunt for grounding. Mm-hmm. Think about the stories that you love, whether they're movies or books or TV shows or just stories in your family. Think about how the protagonist, the hero in your story. Think about where they're grounded. Start asking that simple question. You don't have to take a film criticism class. Just go, where are they grounded? Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. And you can start to apply that. You can learn about where you're grounded. You can learn from books and fables and movies. You can learn by, once again, thinking about your own life and that part of you that has not been damaged by the fact that things have gone away. There's a part of you that has always been you, that always will be you. You can find that there. There's lots of positive ways to figure out grounding. There's also some negative ways. If you are resistant to change, it's a sign that there's a part of you that is grounded in something finite, unstable, mm-hmm. temporal. Mm-hmm. If you're resistant to change, it means there's some, you're trying to get some part of your self-esteem, your identity, your faith from something that you shouldn't. Right. You're building a house on shifting sand in there somewhere. If you are really like freaked out by the fact that you don't know what the lunch special is tomorrow or the equivalent in your life, you can't control when you get a flat tire you've placed some of your faith in something that you shouldn't. And I'm not here to beat you up about that because it's something that's very common. I've done it a million, billion times, and I'm sure I will again.
1: But if you, but it's a
0: sign. You can but, go, if oh. you're,
1: but if you're resistant, you know. you're going to get resistance.
0: Yes. You
1: know, that it really like, here's is. Here's the if like
0: attracts like. You yeah. want to apply the law of attraction correctly. Correctly. There that's, it is.
1: That's how, that's how it really does. If you create does.
0: friction... You're going to get you're friction. Gonna, yeah. It's, you're going to get heat. It's not magic. It's if, life. If, there, if you do friction,
1: you're going to get some heat. Right. And, and, and what we want
0: is cool aloha, aloha which is right? now the title of my cologne I'm coming out with. But uh,
1: I, can right smel- after. I can smell it. Yeah. I can smell right it. Right after
0: my book career, I'm going to start a, a fragrance. Uh, that's, no, that.
1: that's my department. I'm in charge of but, apparel, you know, like your, my my inner old lady. We still have to make those t-shirts.
0: But so, but, yeah. Oh, I love that. I forgot anyway, about Anyway, and but now, so
1: cool aloha.
0: The point is, your homework this week is to look around at the story of your life and the stories that you love and look for grounding. Where is the trust? Because every hero has it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a situation in your life where you feel like, I can't even look at that, I'm resistant to it, I do not have aloha there, that's a place where you have put your trust. You can't help but trust. Right. Everybody trusts uh, your, your trust tank is full, right? But you put some of that beautiful trust of yours in a place you shouldn't. And that's a good educational opportunity. And you can withdraw that trust from, I'm, my self-esteem does not come from whether or not I have a flat tire.
1: Or whether or, or not, you know, I, I'm keeping all this old stuff in the back of my closet. Or like, whether or not like, somebody sees you know, an like emotion
0: a, from me. Right. Or whether or not I'm in like control old of old clothes our, that don't yeah.
1: fit, that I'll one day fit into, or- you know, like an old coffee maker or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Let it go. Let it go.
0: So, but it's got a timer, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you get to the place where that's not where you get your you from. Where are you grounded? Because like every protagonist, you are the hero of your story. I've said it before and I will keep saying it because it keeps being true. Mm-hmm. You are the hero of the story. Enhance your trust Build that muscle and it will take you to an aloha place where you're okay mm-hmm. because you're okay. Let's go to the beach. You
1: want to go to the beach? Yeah. Yeah. Right after this. All right.
0: So with that in mind, thank you for, for listening. Thank you for sending in your comments. Let us take our opportunity to give. As always, you can support this church by going to donate waterandstonechurch.com and your gifts are more important now than ever before so thank you for your gifts of love and substance let's keep them in mind and keep them in heart as we say our blessing together God is my source my unending supply with this gift I carry my gratitude into action God's blessings flow through me and fill my world I give and I live With With radical radical joy. joy. And so it is. Amen. Amen. And I want to remind you that wherever you are, you're not alone. Because here we pray as one family. Together. God, God, I'm I'm ready ready for change. change. My My heart heart is is open. open. I'm I'm not afraid anymore. anymore. My My life is in peace and on purpose. purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. Now go show the world what love looks like today.